Welcome to In Scripture Podcast. We're so glad to have you with us while we dive into Scripture to dissect God's Word verse by verse. Listen with us and don't forget to leave any questions or feedback as you journey with us through His Word. Welcome to In Scripture, that line we always love to say. We don't say that anymore. We have a pre-recording. And that's true. You get to hear our voices even more and be annoyed even more. And then uh, it's funny because last time we had Serge's brother-in-law, I remember him mentioning, he was like, man, how do you guys do the intros? I know you recorded them, but they sound so good. He's like, every time I listen to it, and then he didn't know that it's actually the same intro, right? Uh-huh. Just right by the <laughs> he thought we were saying people. it every time. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, what? I never realized that. Um, I'm sure most people don't pay attention that much to even realize that, but. That's props to our amazing editor. Max does a good job. He makes yeah. a seamless transition. Sometimes when I listen to it, I'm like probably speaking about it and might like saying it in my head as it's going. <laughs> I've heard it so many times. Um, so just me and Mark today. Yeah, that's true. It's empty in here. uh, Duo, battle royale, whatever they call it. (laughs) Everyone's got uh, their own problems going on, throwing up kids and baby kids and hardwood floors and whatnot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) While we're out here, you know. Working hard. (laughs) Hustling away. (laughs) Um, So what do you think about the new uh, COVID variant, Mark? Are Are you concerned in staying inside and canceling all your holidays? Dude. The listeners can't see me right now, but I'm wearing a mask right now. Good. I just cut a hole in it so that my voice sounds clear, but I got a mask on. That's what matters. We are a mask home. <laughs> you have to have a mask every time you enter. Their two-year-old toddler has a mask. It on got there. ridiculous too when I was listening um, to one news piece, not even worth mentioning its name because you don't want to be in there anyways listening to that. But they were talking about what really bothers me is when everybody starts messing with holidays as if, that's something people will just let go or that's something people will change um, because holidays bring in family vibe, right? Um, that's when the families gather, people who haven't seen each other will gather. And they're talking about just test your guests in the garage, you know, or ask them if they're vaccinated. If they are, let them enter your home. And it, I don't know, for some reason, like that really bothered me because first of all, nobody's going to do that. And second of all, we all already have maybe, you know, deferring opinions from different relatives. I think if you bring something like that, you're only that's adding just, fuel that's to just the ask, fire. That's just asking for yeah. drama. <laughs> yeah, like you're already gonna get the drama that you get every year, you know, because you're sometimes you're cooped up in the same house for two, three days and everybody's already tired of hanging out with each other. But now you throw in something ridiculous like that into the mix, like, oh, let's let's put the hors d'oeuvres in the garage and meet in the garage. And if you do a quick rapid test, you can enter into the house. And when they were saying it, um, I couldn't imagine anybody doing it. I don't know anybody who would ever do it. Um, I think at the end of the day, because we're not political here at all. (laughs) Only before the podcast. (laughs) Yeah, I think at the end of the day, people just kind of, I don't know, the normal people just had a normal Thanksgiving and yeah. If you wanted to stay locked up in your closet, I mean, go ahead. I mean, I, I don't know. No, I can't stop you. It's a free country. That's kind of the whole point, though. It's, it's a free country. Do what you want, you know? 
yeah. if you're if you're extra cautious, be be cautious. I don't know. It's been pushed down our throat so much that I think people just don't care anymore. Uh, yeah, I think people you are can just release tired ten of more variants mm-hmm. of this stupid virus, and people are going to be like, "All right, it's been two years. I think I think I'll be all right." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, because I could see that in my job, I can see that in the people I'm around all the time. I could, like you said, you've seen some of the biggest liberals online speak out against it. Mm-hmm. So it's like. I think people are just tired. Yeah, people are just tired. And I mean, I don't know. I'm not making a stance on the validity of it all, but at a certain point, it's just kind of life. Life life kind of goes on. Whatever side you're on, life kind of keeps going. And I mean, eventually you need to just wake up in the morning and make a decision like either I'm going to work or I'm not, you know, and and just live with those consequences. And whatever decision you make, shoot, go for it. You know, I don't Mm -hmm. care. But again, just don't inflict your decision on others. Either. <laughs> Speaking of decisions, actually, I wanted to ask you a question, maybe still kind of on this cold open topic. Well, not, not on the COVID topic because we're not political. Uh, Why well, just you, get canceled <laughs> when the other members are not here? By who? Our three <laughs> listeners? <laughs> we're going to get banned. I wanted to ask you, and I mean, you might not have an answer right off, right off the top of your head, but. Have you have you ever made a decision you regretted? Yes, I've made many. And do you like do you remember any of them specifically? Is there anything you um it was a lot of remember? it was a lot of purchase type of instant purchase decisions that I regret. Um probably I think an engagement ring? No. <laughs> I think some of the bigger <laughs> some of, <laughs> we're not talking about marriage episode today. Um some of the bigger decisions have been like certain debts that I got into when I was younger that I shouldn't have. And mainly because I didn't have anybody to teach me otherwise, you know, I was kind of a self learner. Um, I was let go to, to learn on myself, to, to test things, to try things. And um, there's a lot of mistakes where I made where I purchased things that I thought were so awesome to have. And then I realized after a week or two, that it gets old and I probably shouldn't have bought it. Um, but there's also a lot of spiritual, I think, spiritual decisions that I made that were pretty bad. Um, one of them I already brought up on this podcast, actually. Um, actually, I don't remember if we recorded that or not. Um, but like when I came to a new church, when I moved, I'm not going to mention any church names or anything, but I'm sure everybody will know what I'm talking about. When I first moved and came to a church, I started getting involved in the ministry and one of the decisions I made was to take a lot of the so-called good things that I thought were good things that I brought with me and try to initiate those good things on a youth that I didn't know at a church that I didn't know very well yet. And um, that decision had consequences too. And I really made a bad portrait of who I actually am without actually realizing how wrong I was. And now that I look back on that, I think that's one of the decisions that I wish I didn't make, you know, but yeah, it tends to be like, if you ask someone older, they always, they always bring up like, man, when I was in my youth or something like that, you know, around the, around the, it's always like around the age of 16 to, I don't know, like mid twenties, maybe that's where they're like, because we think we know it all mm-hmm. and we don't know anything. And you do, you, you act on impulse. Like you said, yep. you buy things on impulse. You, you talk I still to people act on, on impulse. impulse. I still do it, but I have gotten better at it. <laughs> you, you have a wife who <laughs> smacks you. Yeah, that's right. Yep. But yeah, I think that's, that's definitely 
one of the re- most common responses you get that around that time, usually you do something. And I personally for sure do have a lot of things that I look back on when I was like 18 and I'm like, man, you're such an idiot. Like, why are you, why are you acting that way? Why are you talking to those people? Why are you like some of the ways I acted so petty, so emotional, so just like a child, truly like a child, you know? And it's one of those things that you look back and, and you have that regret. But then again, when you're in that moment, I don't know, it seems right. Mm-hmm. It seems like you're making the right choice. It seems like this is what I want. This is what I need right now. I'm going to die without it. And so it's it's really interesting because when you do talk to youth, they have the same mindset. And and I don't, I'm not saying that as a bad thing. I'm saying that as like, that's that's your life. You're, that's where you are in your life where the decisions you make both sometimes are very dumb, but sometimes they're the biggest decisions you make because, you know, a lot of people get married <laughs> during that period of your life. You know, a lot of people are getting married before 25, especially in our culture, you know, by 25, you're for sure married with probably two kids already. So it's like you're making big decisions and the way you make those decisions obviously are very important because then you have to live with some of those decisions for mm-hmm. the rest of your life. You want to transition it? I <laughs> just done it. <laughs> I was talking too much. Uh, on the topic of decisions and choosing, I think one very important character, um, one important human that lived that was probably the most known, the most talked about, the most worshipped human um, by many Israelites was Moses. Um, because without him, none of the Israelite history or their nation would would be where they are uh, or what happened to them throughout history. And, and if he didn't act on their decisions or he didn't act on the decisions that he made, um, it wouldn't have ended up having Jesus come to earth. And I think starting even that early, the decisions Moses made led up to Christ coming. I mean, when you look at like the Old Testament, Moses is like a superhero. Yeah. If you think about it, he's like, oh, yeah. he's straight up like Superman or something. Mm-hmm. Cause you got like, you got the, you know, the, the grandfathers of faith. You got like the Abraham, the, the, um, the Jacob, the Isaacs, like you have those guys who are obviously they're, they're the foundation of the Israelite people. Like they're, that's, that's the people who founded this whole thing. But then you get thrust into a position where the Israelites are a huge group of people now. And they've been, enslaved by the Egyptians for hundreds of years at this point. Yeah. And so here comes along this random kid who, who was technically supposed to die based on a a law that the Pharaoh created to get rid of and control the population of the Israelites that ended up not working by the way, but he was supposed to die. And now this guy is going to be the savior of, of this whole group of people, this whole culture, this whole nation that was living in slavery. And it's just crazy to think that that man is, is someone who at the end of the day just made the right choices. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it wasn't necessarily anything about him that was super special. If anything, some of the things he did were kind of counterintuitive to what we would believe. And yet he's the guy who we're, where we're going to read right now in Hebrews he is the example of what it's like to make the right decisions in your life and what, what it's like to have the right desires in your heart. So I think we should read it. 
Yeah, let's get into it. Um, We're going to read from Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, We're going to start with verse 24. I do want to kind of give a little note here. Um, This past week ago, uh, this was one of the sermons that our pastor preached at our church. And uh, we're going through the book of Hebrews um, and we're kind of studying into it. And I think getting to chapter 11, I was pretty excited because that is the chapter of faith. And it really goes and shows the reader. um, The point of the book is to show the reader of what faith really is, because we can give a definition of faith. But when you take that and you add a human who lived on earth, who had the faith that it's talking about, um, who had true faith, you start really realizing what true faith is. And getting into um, starting at verse 23, it talks about the faith of Moses, but it mentions that he was born. And it says, uh, chapter 11, verse 23, and I'll read to verse 29, and we can kind of dive into it. Uh, By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. Um, Verse 23 was actually a verse that we also had a whole sermon on because we spoke of Moses' parents uh, because they were also great examples of faith. Even though their name is not mentioned exactly in verse 23, you can reference back and actually look at um, how his parents what they did, how they concealed him in the basket and how they let him go and all the things that they did, all the faith they had. And we'll continue in verse 24. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the riches in Egypt, for he looked to the reward By faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood, lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith, they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians attempting to do so were drowned. Man, that's a, takes you back to Exodus a yeah, little bit. That's down. a very short summary of of what is an insane story in the Bible. Um, with one all, of the most with known the, with I the think. plagues, and I mean, well, for sure. Even I know how like we shouldn't do this, but thinking about how like at a certain point, an animation studio made a movie about this, and it was it's like widely known as one of the greatest animation movies ever made. Yeah. It's insane to think that like regular people look at this story and they think, wow, this is an amazing story. I, I don't want to like read too much into that because that's a whole other like side of things. Obviously they're not doing it because they're trying to glorify God or anything. But just the fact that, like you said, this is a very well-known story. It's one of the most well-known, just like you know Noah's Ark. That's, that's one of those things that everyone kind of knows yeah. about the two animals and everything. This is one of those stories that it just seems like everyone really knows about it. It also seems like everything made sense because the, the things, the way that happened, you can't, in my opinion, you can't sit down and write a story like that from top of your head. There's no way your imagination would wrap around something like that. There's a lot of fables out there and sci-fi books that have like these really good storylines. But when you read, I'm, I'm just talking about the, the crossing of the Red Sea here, just that moment when you read about that and you read how it happened, everything made sense. You know, God, God's plan was laid out so well that even though we're going to talk about this more, but even though the Israelites came and had this red sea in front of them, right? 
they they didn't know what to do, right? And when it parted, they crossed it and they could just see and they had to they had to watch as the Egyptians also went in. And um, a lot of people would say, what the heck were they thinking going in after them? But they had a they, you know, had this urge to catch them. It's just it's just an amazing story. Um, I actually saw an article a while back uh, that the Red Sea, they're still finding stuff in the Red Sea at the bottom all the time. And they've been finding a lot of um, wheels with Egyptian hieroglyphics on them from the carriages still at the bottom there. So it's like, you can't, you can't not prove this either. You could literally prove it physically. You know, if you ever go um, to, to the place where this might've happened or just a general area and they've been doing that, right? They've been diving in there and finding these things and actually it has pictures of them. It's pretty cool. People can look it up online um, that they're finding these things. And it just goes to show like, even though it was so long ago, it's so relevant. And the reason it's relevant, I want to get into verse 24. Um, By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Uh, This kind of goes into of who Moses was by his earthly title, right? It, It talks about how he was the son of Pharaoh's daughter. So what happened there? I mean, he was nobility. He was found by Pharaoh's daughter when his parents pushed them out in that basket, mm-hmm. which is why they're mentioned here. It's, it's important to note the fact that his parents are mentioned because without their faith, Moses wouldn't have survived. If they were less faithful, they would have probably just given up when the soldiers came to their home looking for the child that was born to throw that child in the Nile river and let it be eaten by crocodiles because that's what the people were doing at that point. You know, if you didn't have that faith, yeah, you believed in God, but without that faith, you kind of looked at life hopeless. And when the soldiers came knocking, you, you gave up, but his parents had the faith to trust in God. And what happened was when they built that, when the mom built that basket and pushed, pushed Moses into the Nile river, Pharaoh's daughter found him and raised him as, as his own, as her own, almost, she literally adopted him into nobility, which is one of those things that is just insane to think about because he was a slave. He was a slave and she knew that that's the thing. She wasn't surprised. She knew this was a, a, a Hebrew baby. Yeah. So it's not like this is one of my own people. It's an Egyptian. I'm going to raise it as my own. This is the enemy. This is the people we despise and hate. We look down upon. I'm going to raise him as my own. And then here to take it even further, Moses being raised in that chooses to go against it. He chooses to not side with the family that has raised him from, from birth basically, which Again, we we started off talking about the choices we make and the things we might regret and the things we do. And here we see Moses making a choice when he comes of age. I think that part is very important that at a certain point, and I talk to our youth about this all the time, at a certain point, you're old enough to make decisions on your own. Yeah. And and it's something that happens whether you like it or not. You know, at a certain point you will make those decisions and you need to be aware enough of your surroundings, of your of your understanding of life itself. You need to know who is what, who is teaching me what, who should I listen to, who should I not listen to? And you need to make those decisions and make those choices by faith, just like Moses did. 
Yeah, and then it kind of has a little background to it, just of who Moses was, right? He was called the son of Pharaoh's daughter because he had that status. Um, we know in Exodus chapter 2, uh, towards verse 10 over there, it says that uh, the child grew and she brought him onto Pharaoh's daughter and he became her son. And she called his name Moses and she said, because I drew him out of water. Um, becoming a son is goes a lot. It's a lot to do with it. It's not just her calling. She... she literally and physically and spiritually and everything adopted Moses into her hands, into her family. And now um, it says that when he became of age, I've, I've looked at different references and different study Bibles um, to do some community hermeneutic. And I found out that it's, he was probably around age of 40 when this happened. So he's not, I don't think he is a teenager at this point. Mm. He's not, um, a preteen. He's not even a 20 year old. Um, Moses was 40 years old at this point. So I think um, he was not at the point, obviously, where she called him Moses, but he was still living in the household of Pharaoh um, at the time and, and, and learning that. So why I bring that up is because he had 40 years of instruction of how to be an Egyptian. <laughs> not years, how to be a Hebrew, right? 40 years of all their gods, yeah. all their religion or whatever they believe, right. 40 years. But at the same time, his mother had the most precious time with him is when he was younger. I mm -hmm. think when she nursed him and took care of him. So I think that's where she planted the seed of you're a Hebrew. And I think um, having God on his side, obviously the seed of Hebrew was growing and brewing inside of him. And this gets to verse 25, which you kind of already touched on. Verse 25, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Um, verse 25 is, I think, kind of our topic. I think it's kind of our topic for today. And mm -hmm. just in verse 25, it's already That's so much to talk about. <laughs> um, we want to start with Moses before we get into talking about um, today ourselves, right? So choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God. Moses didn't have to go and deal with a nation that he didn't very closely grow up in, people he didn't deal with, right? They didn't know him. He didn't know them very well. He didn't have to go and deal with them. He didn't have to suffer affliction because I think he knew that the way the Egyptians were treating them, that these people aren't having just a normal you know, happy life in Egypt. Like they were under affliction. They were suffering. Um, their wages were low. They were being worked. Um, they were pretty much almost at the state of being a slave, right? So they had all this burden on them. And in verse 25, it just shows you Moses had a choice, right? And I always picture this in my head, two paths. Moses, what are you going to do, right? What are you going to do? Are you going to go the path of, I got, I'm in Pharaoh's family, I'm taken care of, I'm all set, right? I'm, I got all my future planned out, even my kids and my kids and my kids' future is probably paid for and paid out and planned out already. Um, path, is, path is just straightforward. Or are you gonna go to a people that are suffering, the people that are in, in poverty, the people that are being overworked, the people that are under affliction, and it says that choosing rather to be, suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. It's crazy how applicable scripture is to this day. Yep. Like if you take that verse, and I know we're not supposed to take verses out of context, but if you do take that verse, because I think even if you take it out of context, it means the same thing, which is something that 
Christians today, you wake up and this verse is what you're fighting from the moment you wake up to the moment you lay your head back down. I woke up. It's a Monday morning. What do I do? Do I choose to follow the people of God or do I choose to enjoy the pleasures of sin? Mm-hmm. Like that, <laughs> that's something that since the creation of earth, what did Adam and Eve do? They chose personal pleasure. Yep. The very first sin to the very last one that's going to be committed, it's always going to be about our own personal gain and our own personal pleasure as opposed to following the people of God. Now, that's where repentance and baptism comes into play. That's you willingly choosing, choosing again, is that word, choosing to follow the people of God like we see here. Not that you're going to be perfect, not that you're never going to make mistakes because we see Moses make mistakes too. Mm -hmm. We see Moses murder the Egyptian. We see that he's not perfect. And then all of Exodus talking about the journey through the desert, we see Moses make certain mistakes here or there, make certain errors. We see where he might lack wisdom, where his father-in-law had to even help him out at certain points. But when you make that choice to follow the people of God, that's where your life takes a 180. And even if you do slip up, you get up, you correct yourself and you go back towards following the people of God. This right here is, it's such a good example. I mean, Moses here really does set the ultimate example of what the pleasures of sin could be and what God has to offer. Because like you started saying, man, Moses here, the the, the decision that he's presented with and we were talking about this before we started recording, but if you look at it logically, he made the wrong decision. Yep. If, if you think about it like a person, he has on one side, nobility, fame, fortune, comfort. Like you said, his kids, his grandkids will probably have that. His life, he's literally related to the Pharaoh. <laughs> and this isn't even like, like we can't even comprehend this because we don't really live in a time where there's like, monarchies and stuff like that. This is like Pharaoh to Egyptians wasn't just a king. Mm -hmm. I know the scripture says here king, but to Egyptians, Pharaoh was God himself. If if you know anything about Egyptian culture, Pharaoh to them was on the level of God himself. They spiritually served served him. Exactly. It wasn't just like this guy is our elected official. We respect his decisions that he makes. Mm -hmm. This is God to them. And he's related to this guy. Like his life if he chose to be with them would have been a life of absolute like luxury and peace and comfort. He would have had a fat belly till the day he died top of the line, everything. And on the other hand, he has slavery, people who are disrespected, looked down upon, spit upon, laughed upon. He has struggle, humiliation, starvation, all of that. And he has these two decisions to make. And again, logically, he made the wrong decision. But the important part, I think, is in the next verse. Because in verse 26, continuing with that, passing the pleasures of sin, continuing esteeming the reproach of Christ greater than the, than the riches, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. Moses didn't look at life here and life here. He looked at the gods here and the God here. And he realized the one true God is here. Even if 
even if my human brain thinks that's not the right decision, because it's not, because no, nobody wants to starve to death. Nobody wants to be a slave. Nobody wants that. But God was here and that's where he decided to go. He decided to follow riches that are beyond what this world can offer. He decided to follow God himself, even if it meant all the hor horrible things that would have followed. Yeah, and you mentioned this because it's written in here. Um, in verse 25, passing pleasures of sin. I want people to understand and try to, try to picture and realize that no matter how great uh, Moses could have had it, right? Staying in Egypt and staying who he was, who his Egyptian mom wanted him to be, it was all a passing pleasure. When we hear the word passing, we think of something that comes and goes. Um, and I think from our life, we can realize that before we had Christ, when we lived a sinful life, before we repented, we realized that, man, a lot of the junk out there that I like is only a passing pleasure. Mm -hmm. Nothing out there other than Christ will be permanent, nothing. Now, an outcome of something that you do might be permanent for your life, right? Um, but the pleasures that you receive on earth, they're all passing, they're all temporary. And I liked that during the sermon, um, pastor had mentioned that it's kind of like eating Chinese food, right? <laughs> you get hungry after Chinese food really fast. And then I, I always remember as a kid going there Sunday after church, I'd eat, stuff my face, and then I'd come home by three o'clock. I'm like, man, you're I like wish, looking for snacks. I wish I would have <laughs> ate more when I was over there. Um, it's just such a great comparison. But when you think about it, um, everything in life that is fleshly, that is, um, that we think is good, a lot of it is just something that's gonna pass. It's gonna fade away, it's gonna go away. Some of it's gonna go away quick. Some of it might last a few years, some of it might last a few months, some of it might last 10, 20 years, but it'll still go away. And then you end up sitting there thinking, what, like, what does all this mean to me, right? Why can't I find one thing that fulfills me? And obviously Christ is what fulfills us and going into verse 26, like- Well, I said, got a question for you then, going off of that topic. Um, so what, how would you explain to someone that like, bro, this stuff, it's passing pleasure. Like, how do you- It's how all gonna you, burn, bro. Yeah, like how, <laughs> how would you explain that to someone? Cause like, I don't know, I'm, I'm heavily involved in youth and trust me, I try to explain it and it's really hard to get, get it through to people. It's, you know? I have a funny story. It's as if God knew I was gonna record this today. <laughs> um, but I was talking to one of my workers, um, he's a younger kid. I think he's about 15, 16, but like he was telling me that somehow, sometimes his dad, like he goes to his dad to ask if he can buy something. And his dad always like asks him three reasons why he needs it. But at the same time, he always tells him, wait two weeks. And if you really want it, then come talk to me again. And at first I was like, cause I'm an adult, right? I'm like, dude, your dad just doesn't want to talk to you about this, <laughs> about this thing right now. So what he's saying is all, you know, He's just, hoping you forget about yeah, it. Yeah, forget about it. Um, but then he's like, I think I realize why he does that. He's like, because it actually works. There's a <laughs> lot of things that I wanted to buy. Two weeks went by and I really didn't want that thing anymore. <laughs> he's like, I really wanted a Nerf gun. So I found it. And I was like, dad, I really need this. My cousins are coming over this weekend. I really need this thing. And I started thinking in my head, I'm like, that is just like a childish example of a passing pleasure though, mm -hmm. right? Because it goes from Nerf gun to friends. 
I like these friends. These friends are cool. I want to have these friends. Then it goes into, I like this person. You know, she's really cute. He's really cute, etc. Um, I think nothing on earth is better than that person. I want to be with that person. And then that person has all these negatives, these red flags about them, right? And then you're like, uh, but I really, really, really want to be with them, right? Again, it's something that is is on heat, on fire in our heart at that moment. And um, he told me himself, he's like, there's some things that are two weeks go by, I still want it. He's like, so then I eventually end up getting it. And I'm like, well, did you ever get anything that you thought about for two weeks and you really want it and you got it? And you still regret it? And you it? still regret it? He's like, yeah, there was a few, but not that much. It doesn't happen that often. And, and I kind of like thought about that. When you put that into perspective to answer your question, um, the only way I'd talk to somebody about that is give it time. And uh, because we often think we can't give a decision a time. Um, we know that, Moses had, I it, just because verse 25 says, choosing rather to suffer affliction, doesn't mean he woke up one morning mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he had 30 yep. seconds to make a decision. It was a buildup of things, right? Yep. He, he um, flew, he um, had this encounter with the Egyptian beating up the Hebrew, right? He had to flee to Midian. He met his father-in-law, right? He got married. And then from there, the, the ball started rolling. God was starting to form him to where ultimately, he was faced in front of a burning bush. Mm -hmm. Then God finally told them the instructions and he had to make a decision, make a decision, Mm -hmm. but it was a buildup of things, right? So I think um, give it time, but always think of, uh, is this gonna really matter to me next year? Like, is this thing, this relationship, this thing that I'm on fire for, but I have a guilty feeling about, how is it gonna benefit me a year from now? Um, because looking at Moses, everything he invested into the God's people, he looked for what? Christ's greater riches. He didn't look for the treasures that he's going to get right now in Egypt that he already has, that he has for his future. He wanted treasures that were greater. Um, and it says that for he looked to the reward, right? And I think that was his driving force. And I don't think... Uh, the reward was the reason he was doing everything for God. He realized that God is in control of everything. And if I'm obeying him, if I'm doing what he's telling me to do, nothing in this world is going to really bring me pleasure. It's all going to be passing pleasure. Mm. Right. And that's, that's definitely the reason why I asked you that is because I I knew you were going to give me that kind of an answer that truly it comes down to your relationship with Christ. And, and at the end of the day, that's, that's what directed Moses in the right way. Cause like you said, I don't think Moses knew what he was doing all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't think he had complete clarity. We know he didn't because he fled Egypt. Like, I don't think someone fleeing has a plan. And he had They're fear. Running. Moses They're running. had fear as They're, well at one point. He was scared. He was running. He didn't know what to expect. He just murdered someone. Yeah. He didn't know. But having that faith in God, again, the fact that he looked beyond this earthly pleasure, because the earthly pleasure was right there for him. That's the, that's the thing that kind of opened his eyes and made him realize, hey, this thing right here, it's not worth it. It's earthly. And that's something that I talk to, you know, a lot of the people I talk to, that's the same advice I'll give them, that filter everything you decide through a, a Jesus lens, yeah. kind of. Filter it through that and decide, is this truly gonna bring him glory? Because if it doesn't, it, it might not be worth it. 
You know, it might not necessarily be bad. Like, I don't think it's bad to go spend some money on some enjoyment and stuff. It's fine. Is it, it going to get sometimes. in the way of a ministry? But exactly, yeah. yes. If, gonna... you, if you put it through that filter, does it truly bring glory to Christ? And that question is, I, we had our marriage topic or episode last week, but that question is one of the most common questions you get when you're, think, when you're talking to people who are like trying to get married or start relationships. How do I know which one is the one? Yeah. And the advice I always give is filter them and filter your relationship with them through Christ. If it truly brings you closer to Christ, if they are truly focused on Christ more than you, if Jesus is the center, then, hey, by all means, give it a shot. I think there's no way that it's going to fail if it's all about Jesus. But if it's not, that's when, you know, personal interests come in. That's when you start making decisions based on what I want, based on earthly pleasures. So it, it's such an important thing to f- point out here about Moses that he didn't just get lucky. He didn't just get lucky and make the right decision here and there. He truly believed in God. And because of that, the decisions came just kind of, I don't say naturally, but it happened the right way because he put God first. Yeah. And um, to kind of go back to Moses here, that relates to us. We have a time in our life where we have parental control. And I think when we get older, we start, you know, being negative towards the parental control, not realizing that we have somebody to help guide us right now. But you're going to get to a point where you leave the house, you know, whether it's I'm in school, whether it's um, a job that requires you to, you know, leave your house for a week and come back. You might still be living with your parents, right? But you're going to get to a point where you're not going to have the guidance right then and there. And you're going to realize, I need somebody to help guide me because relying on yourself um, is a quick way to realize how you're not equipped for success. Oftentimes, that's the nice way to say it. If you rely on yourself, going back to making dumb decisions, you're going to make a lot of dumb decisions. Mm -hmm. Um, And you're going to realize that very fast. You need to have a reliance on someone. And I think when you're an adult, it's obviously not going to be mom and dad, right? It might not be a wife or husband right away. And so who's going to guide you now? We need Christ, right? We turn to God. And Moses realized that he had the support from not only his Hebrew mother, he had the support from his um, Egyptian mother. He had both of those things. He had those as backgrounds. He came from that and he realized that I need God because God has work that needs done. And he's put me in these situations. He's led me to a certain place for me to make that choice, for me to make that step. And um, my point being here is we need, we need to have um, somebody to guide us. And if we have God guiding us, God will guide us not only through our single years into our marriage, he will guide our marriage. He will guide us, our family. He will guide us throughout because he is laying out a bigger picture that we're not seeing at the moment. And, and one of the biggest things that we tackle as humans are struggles and fears, the things that, the things that kind of push us into a corner and force us to, to make a decision. Because at a certain point, you can avoid decisions here and there. You can, you can kind of just ignore certain things that you have to decide for your life, like what you want to do with your life or who you want to marry. Like there are certain things you can avoid, but eventually, no matter who you are, Christian, non-Christian, I don't care. 
eventually life kind of pushes you into a corner and you have to make decisions. Yep. And and it's in those moments that for a believer, it's extremely important for you to be following Christ because you're going to do something. Whether you like it or not, you're going to do something. You're going to make a decision and you better hope in that day that you're following someone who's going to make you make the right decision. You better hope that you understand God's word enough. You better hope that you have a good enough relationship with him to make the right decision. And I think that's something that obviously we can't fully compare ourselves to Moses because we're not going through what he went through. But in the next couple of verses, in verse 27, it says, by faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Those are certain situations that Moses was tackled with. He didn't have a choice. God sent him there. Mm-hmm. And, and again, against all logic, Moses had run away from Egypt. He, he ran away. He found a wife out there. He was living happy. He was happy Settled. to be a, a, a shepherd, just taking care of his flock away from all that, away from his past. And yet he was kind of pushed into this corner where he had to make a decision. Mm-hmm. And against all logic, he went back to Egypt. He went back against the king. He went back against Pharaoh. And the only reason he could do that and the only reason he was successful through that is because he was making those decisions with God by his side. By his side. And, and with that, he wasn't able to mess up. He, he had that support and that encouragement and that wisdom that only God can provide for us in those times where we're truly lost. Because again, it's gonna happen. Yeah, and it mentions in verse 27 that um, he, by faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. There was a lot to fear for Moses at that time. Um, there was a lot to, to fear of all people. He was not only um, leading himself, he's now leading a nation, right? He's leading a nation out of a land and he's seeing all the, the power that Egypt really had. Um, and it says that he was not fearing the wrath of the king but he, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. And it says um, that by faith, he did all these things, right? And so we will have, you know, things that we fear throughout our life. And um, I, was, I was looking earlier at just different articles of, of things that people fear. And um, there's like a lot of lists out there. And the number one thing that always comes up, and this is more related towards um, the teen stage of life and maybe young adult, is the number one fear that people have is peer pressure or not fit, not fitting in is another one. And kind of bundling all that in one is, that's like a, a very big concern that causes all kinds of anxiety and worries and what are they going to think of me? What are people going to think of me? You right? said that applies to teens. Man, that applies to adults. Yeah. I know a lot of 50-year-olds who are more concerned about what their neighbor thinks than, than yeah. what God thinks. So that, that's something that I think we, we worry about that stuff till we go to the grave. And, and that's, that's scary to think that. It's true. It is a fear. It, it's true. It's something yeah, that we truly are. It is are, a true fear, right? Yeah, we see that Moses was afraid of, a, was, uh, had a fear had something he could have been afraid of, which was the wrath of a king that could easily kill him and destroy him and a whole nation of people. But it says that by faith, by faith, not fearing the wrath. So um, we have all kinds of fears in our life. Um, Among them being, you know, fear to have failure. 
Um, there's people that fear of the future. A lot of people are afraid of the future. Like what is going to happen, right? Um, some people are afraid of different people that have uh, a bullying concept, right? Some people are afraid that they're going to get, you know, people are going to think negative of them and tell others how negative things about them. So there's a lot of these fears out there and we need to conquer them in order to make the step to Christ. Sometimes we need to make the step to Christ to conquer those fears as well. So it has to be, it has to be a, a two-way road. Like you have to step over that. Um, you have to make that step. And Moses had a choice and he chose. And because he chose, um, God worked miracles through him. God worked grace through him. Um, God kept him where he needed to be and, and sent him where he needed to go because of the choice that he made. And going to um, verse 28, by faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood, lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. And I think I remember that uh, that was also mentioned in the sermon. And um, the pastor had mentioned that it was probably something that was weird to everybody mm-hmm. um, because we don't see that earlier in scripture, right? Take, take an animal with no blemish and, and kill it, right? don't harm it, kill it, and then take the sprinkling and sprinkle the blood on the posts. And then um, because the angel of death is going to come by and, and kill the firstborns. Wow. Like if you think about that, not only was that weird, that was probably out of, out of touch for anybody. Mm-hmm. And he didn't only have to do it himself. He had to tell a whole nation to do it. And I think faith plays a big part in that because he's now telling somebody to do something they've never heard of, seen of, read of. Like, how is that going to work? Dude, you're telling me sprinkling a blood on a doorpost. What if Egyptians, other Egyptians will sprinkle the blood on the doorpost? You know, what's going to happen with them? I'm sure those are some of the questions that were going by. Um, but yet uh, Moses kept true to that. And he said, God needs us to do this and we're going to do this. Um and um, I want to kind of wrap up with verse 29 and get into really um, talking about what we're trying, the message we're trying to provide here today. And in verse 29, by faith, they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians attempting to do so were drowned. And so each one of these verses and a lot of verses in this chapter, probably majority of the verses start with by faith. And I think by faith is the number one thing we need to we need to kind of focus on today is because where is our faith? Is our faith leading us to a place that is with God? Is our faith leading us to a place of these passing earthly pleasures of sin? Because the choice is gonna have to be made with faith. I want everybody to realize that the, the choices that are gonna be that are hard, you need to have a faith to make those choices, a faith into something. And, and what is that that you're gonna have faith into? It's it's very astonishing to me how how good we've become at hiding our fears mm. and hiding our our pains and our sorrows. It's truly like I think social media has trained us to be experts. Fake. Experts <laughs> at, at yeah, I guess in a in a sense yes, and I don't mean that like in a bad way necessarily. I mean that in like a we've become very good at displaying a good side of life that doesn't exist. And, and I'm not, I'm saying that for myself as well. 
you know, problems at home, problems with family, problems internally, all these things going on. And yet when you go to church Sunday morning, you put on a fake smile. And when your neighbor asks you, how you doing? Say, I'm fine. They say, I'm fine too. Okay, everyone's having a good day. And then all of us are struggling internally. All of us are struggling with our spirituality. All of us have stress in our life, have anxiety in our life, peer pressure, whatever the case may be. And and I, I might not, I can't even list all the things you could be worried about, but I'm sure whoever is listening to this, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Cause I know that you're worried about something. And and that's why that's why we decided to do this episode. That's why this episode using Moses as this perfect example of making the right choices. This is why it's so important for you guys to understand this story of Moses to potentially when you're at home, open up the Bible and read it for yourself and see the way God can help you in those times. Yeah. Maybe you're not, you're not Moses. You're not going through the stuff that he went through. I get it. But I know just as well as the person listening to this, that when struggles come, it feels enormous. It feels like the end of the world sometimes. And sometimes it really is big decisions. It's big things that happen in your life. I, I know I've said this example before, but I remember when I was younger, around 14, 15, a good friend of mine, someone who I looked up to passed away. And for me, that was one of those moments where it was a massive decision in my life where I, at 14 years old, I hated everything about it. And yet it grew me closer to God ever than ever before because that person himself was so close to God. And it's those kinds of moments that, you know, maybe that'll happen to you. I hope not. But if it does, those are those kinds of moments where you need to make that decision. You're going to make it whether you like it or not. And the, the truth is not making a decision is making a decision. <laughs> if you decide I don't want to choose that, that's a choice in, in and of itself. So no matter who you are, no matter what your circumstances are, you're going to make that decision and God willing, it's directed by him. Hopefully it's something that brings him glory because the truth is it will help you. Maybe not physically, because again, we see Moses here. He wasn't physically benefited by doing this. His life did not become better on this earth. He spent the next, how long in the desert? So this wasn't, <laughs> this wasn't a better decision financially. It wasn't a better decision for his family. It was not a better, better decision for his body. It wasn't a better decision for his, for his physical being. But spiritually and mentally, I'm sure he was so thankful that he decided to make the right decision. Not by his own terms, but by God's terms. And it's one thing that God willing, me, myself, I'm, I'm only 25. I still have a life full of decisions to make. And I, I pray that I can be just as faithful as Moses. When, when the time comes and I have to make a decision, I hope that I can be just as faithful as him and make the right decision, not because it's what I think is right for me, but what I think is right in the eyes of God. Yeah. Faith plays a huge part in this. And, um, you might be listening and, and you might be faced with a, any kind of choice today. Um, one of the choices might be you're thinking about buying a car. You're thinking about starting a new career. You're thinking about going to a new church. You're, you might be thinking about starting a family. You might be thinking about, you know, 
meeting a person that you want to spend or try to spend the rest of your life with and talking to that person, you might be faced with a position of, I don't think I'm saved. I don't think I have Christ. I know of Christ. I go to church Sundays, but I don't have a spiritual life. I don't, I don't have it right now. I'm doing fine right now. So, you know, why would I choose to do anything else? You might be faced with some of those situations. Um, and what we're trying to say here is first make a choice and think about what the choice you're making, what will it do to your future? What will it do to the first week that you made that choice? What will it do for the first year? What will it do for the next 30 years? What, how long-term or short-term might that choice be? And um, just think back that Moses had um, two very important choices and they were two very, very different choices. And he chose something that he didn't even know fully, but because he had faith, it keeps saying by faith, by faith, by faith. So have that faith, put a little bit of faith into the choice you're going to make. And if you put God in that choice, you have to put faith. There's no way you're going to know the exact outcome of any choice that you make. But if you put faith in God, in that choice, um, that choice will ultimately always be the best choice. Now, um, we know that Moses was in the wilderness, right? 40 years walking around with the Israelites, going in circles, essentially. Mm -hmm. And we know that God was building up Moses to be not only a good leader as he was during then, he was improving him more and more. And through all of those 40 years, those struggles, those constant cries, punishments, constant sacrifices, Moses was getting built up to be something better that God needs him to be. So no, the choice you're going to make right now is not going to be the only choice, right? You mentioned yourself, you're going to have millions of choices still to make. Some may be small, some may be large. Put God, faith in God in every choice. And um, there was one line from the sermon that um, really stuck with me or, or, or a sentence. Um, to a normal person, Moses threw everything away for nothing. To a normal unchristian person, right? To a normal person who doesn't know God. He had everything, he threw it away for nothing. But to a Christian, he threw away nothing for everything. And if you let that sink into your brain and, and think about it just for a minute, that yes, to some people, the choice you make, if the choice is to be with Christ, to serve Christ, to let go of your passing pleasures, um, how great, how awesome they are. Maybe it's those friends that have, that help you get to your passing pleasures. No matter how awesome those friends are, it's all passing. If you let that, if you, if you throw that away, to a, to a normal person who doesn't have a spiritual life with Christ might be thinking that, dude, you're throwing everything away for what? For nothing. But remember, in a Christian, and to God, you're throwing away nothing for everything. That's what you're doing in front of God. Mm -hmm. And having that realization and just thinking about that, that will help you make the choice. That will help you make the choice. Yeah, that last, that last part is essentially the most important message that we can take away from from Moses that ultimately the most important choice we're ever going to make as Christians is whether or not we choose to accept Christ into our heart and 
the scary reality is, I, I remember a pastor once preaching and he mentioned that one day when Jesus comes to take his people, we're going to be very shocked by how little, how small of an amount of people from church go up. You know, it's going to be one of those things where we're going to look down and realize that the vast majority of our churches are going to stay here on earth. And that's ultimately the main choice that we need to make. And it's a choice that if you're a regular church goer, active in your church, that's something that you need to examine for yourself too. Because I, I can admit for myself that I spent a very long time, or I mean, I'm only 25, but I spent a good a good couple of years of my life thinking I was saved and then realizing I was never saved. I was active in church. I was busy. I was making all the right choices or so it seemed, but I never made the most important choice. And that was truly accepting Christ as my savior and devoting my life to him. And that's one of those choices that no matter who you are listening to this, you need to truly look into your heart and, and ask, my, ask yourself, have I made that choice? Or did I choose to ignore that question? Because ignoring it is also making a choice. That's choosing to say, no, I don't want to follow him. And so whoever you are, whatever, whatever your circumstances may be, good times, bad times, whether you're struggling right now or maybe you're having the best time of your life right now, looking into your heart and asking, have I chose to follow Jesus and, and devote my life to him? And, and I promise you, if you come out of that question saying yes, then life might not get easier on this earth, but you will find that purpose in this life. Yep. You'll, you'll have direction. Every day you'll wake up and you'll realize life might not be perfect, but praise God, I'm alive. And if I don't wake up, that's fine too, because I'm gonna be in heaven with him. And, and you'll have that sort of joy that this world can never offer. You'll have that, that happiness that we read about Moses. This, this world will never provide, provide that happiness. Christ will provide that for you if you decide to make that choice. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, you will have purpose, and I think that should uh, be one of the most important indicators of um, being with being with Christ and living for Him is you have purpose. Um, because even looking at Moses, um, it wasn't all you know uh, butterflies and cakes in his life when he started doing the work for God when he started doing what God instructed him to do because yeah, we see a great time where it says by faith, he passed through the Red Sea as by dry land. I could picture this, them crossing it and this victory and everybody's like, I can't believe that just happened. And then they see the Egyptians and they see the water go over them and they just witness all of this happening. And it's like, um, there's a lot going through their mind and they consider that a victory, which clearly it was. But then they go into the wilderness and they're walking for years and years. And at the end, guess what? Does Moses get to go into the land, the promised land that he was searching for? No, he didn't. He spent all these years with the Israelites, all the suffering, all the work that he did. And guess what? He didn't even end up going there, but he still, he still went through the instruction that God gave him and that instructed him. And he realized that God has bigger plans and it might not be during Moses time. Realize that what work God has for you to do is gonna extend probably past your life. That one small thing you could have done for somebody could have woken somebody up and then they could do a great thing and that could go on for generations. There's a bigger picture out there. Um, it's more than just 70 years of life out here 
and um, just think big. Uh, think that God has plans for, for you and for those who call to him and who make that choice to be with him. Nothing is greater than that. Nothing is more important than that. And nothing will last longer than being with God, being with Christ. So um, we hope that seeing the faith that Moses had, seeing the life that Moses lived and all the hardships and the victories that Moses had, um, you can realize that Moses had a lot of choices and he chose God and he chose God by faith. Find that faith and make your choices according to what God would want in your life. Pray about it. It's going to take a lot of prayer. It's going to take a lot of reading. It's going to take a lot of, you know, you could even go for advice. You could ask advice there, advice here. But the best advice you'll get is from scripture, is from the people that lived, already lived in a tougher time, easier time, but they've lived with God. All of their stories are written down here in detail and it's all correct, all perfect, and it all makes sense. So focus on that. And um, that's where we're going to end. Let's pray. Amen. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this incredible opportunity that you've given us. Lord, we're so thankful with every passing episode that we get to so freely gather together and discuss your word. Lord, we're so thankful that you have left us your precious word. Lord, this Bible is so near and dear to our hearts. Lord, we truly believe in every word of it and we want to share every single word of it with whoever will be willing to listen, Lord. And more than anything, I wanna thank you for today's amazing example of Moses, the faith that he had, Lord, the fact that so much of what he did was so counter to what we would assume is the right decisions or the smart decisions in his life, Lord. And yet by faith, he followed you and he made the decisions that didn't bring glory to himself, didn't bring glory to his people, but it bring glory to you, Lord. I'm so thankful for this example, Lord. And now I just wanna ask that you help me, help Alex, help all of us here at the podcast, Lord, help all of our listeners to also be able to act by faith in our walk with you. Help us to be like Moses and to look not on our own personal pleasures or the pleasures of this earth, but help us to look on a higher reward, Lord, a heavenly reward, uh, a gift that is beyond what this world can offer, a gift that is eternal, Lord. I'm so thankful that your son came to die on a cross for me, for all of us, Lord. I pray that you help all of us to never forget that fact, Lord. Help us to repent daily, to remember every single day the sacrifice that your son made on a cross for us, Lord. I pray for all of our listeners. I pray that you help them in their walk with you. I understand that life is tough right now, Lord. The devil is trying to bring us down so, so, so hard, Lord. He wants to hurt us. He wants to make us forget about you, to not become dependent on you, Lord. He wants to make us think that you can't help us, Lord. And I just pray that you help all of our listeners, whatever their circumstances may be, help them to follow you, to understand who you are, Lord, to open up the Bible and study it, to pray to you daily, Lord. Help us all to grow together so that one day when you decide to come for your people, we can all come to heaven and be there together, glorifying your holy name. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. We hope God was able to reach your heart so now you can go and share it with others. Feel free to leave any questions, prayer requests, or blessings. Join us on Instagram and share our podcast to others. And remember, always keep your heart in Scripture.